welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Oh, do it again, do it again, I have a better one. Hi everyone, welcome back to another... Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly, 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 Slowly. And cut. <laughs> okay. It'll be relevant, I swear. <laughs> okay, so... uh. Uh, I was instructed to ask you a question. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of, uh, I guess the term is hubbub, you said? <laughs> that, it's a scientific term, yes. That is going around in the world of science right now. Uh-huh. So please inform me of what is the hubbub. <laughs> okay. So uh, sometime over the past uh, week or so, uh, scientists all over the world have collaborated to take a picture of the center of our galaxy. No, no, it's the hubbub. The hubbub, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the hubbub. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. We we finally have a picture of the black hole that's at the center of the Milky Way. Um, and it's exciting science. Cool. Have we not had a, a, a picture of a black hole before? So this is our second picture of a black hole. Um, though we've had several observations of black holes up until now. Um, like there's a LIGO, uh, which is the large interferometry something uh something um scientific terms there uh but basically what it what the LIGO did was it measured gravitational waves that were coming from two black holes that were merging and we got to take a snapshot of what it sounds like for two um black holes to merge so we know black holes exist what does it sound like i don't know Oh, are you, you just made that up? Yeah, I just made that up. Oh, well, it doesn't make a sound, but if you take those waves and you translate them to sound, it gets higher and higher frequency. So, and then it's, boop, uh, it merges. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's kind of half made up and half serious. Uh, but uh, if you, again, you're you're translating the gravitational waves into a sound by like taking an analogy. Um, so you can observe it in one way, just like we observe with our eyes things that we cannot see uh-huh. um, by taking measurements. Uh, so uh, yeah, so the LIGO the LIGO uh, experiment uh, went and it's Large Interferometry Gravitational Observatory, I think. Um, it went and observed the fact that black holes exist uh, and that they do merge and that they do collide into each other, but. Uh, very separately, there's a separate experiment, and I don't know the name, but we'll put it in the show notes, of taking an actual picture of, uh, of supermassive black holes. And these are, what we mean by supermassive, I mean things that are millions of times bigger than a black hole formed by a single star. Uh, so something that has grown and accumulated over time to the point where it's the center of a galaxy, right? Um, and... We've had we've taken a picture of a black hole before, and this was at a center of a uh, a galaxy far, far away, two thousand times farther away from us than the center of our own galaxy, um, and it was of a much larger black hole, one of the largest black holes that we've we know about that are close by, and my close by, I mean, like relatively speaking. Um, and that was the first picture we took and that came out like a few years ago. I don't, I don't remember right before the pandemic, I believe. Um, and we had a beautiful picture of something that validates that 
black holes look the way we think they do, right? Mm -hmm. Up until now, we don't really know what a black hole looks like because one, it's it's something that doesn't it's it does not emit light like most stars. Um, so we can't observe the light that's coming out of the black hole itself, but we can observe the light of the things that are falling into the black hole. It's just black holes, relatively speaking, tend to be much smaller than a star of similar size. So if if the black hole at the center of our galaxy were a star, it would be millions of times larger than our star. Mm-hmm. So that is ginormous in size. But because that amount of mass would not be able to hold itself, it would collapse into a black hole, which is much smaller and much dimmer. Like, it's it's not emitting light by definition. Um, it's absorbing all light. Uh, so you can't observe it with a normal telescope. So up until now... At the center of our own galaxy, all we were able to see were things that were orbiting uh, our black hole. Um, and you can see, like, the stars uh, start to approach, uh, and then suddenly they take a hard left turn and they whip around, uh, kind of uh, kind of like a whip a whip uh, lash, coming, going towards something and then coming back very quickly. Um, and that is it. That star making a very close approach to a black hole... And then not really going inside of it, but orbiting around it. And then it gets flung out into a large orbit. And then it kind of rinses and repeats um, over a fairly fast period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So all we were able to see of the black hole at the middle of our galaxy was a blinking dot. Um, And that blinking dot was uh, from uh, matter that would kind of align with the Earth as the black hole spun. uh, And it would kind of make itself visible for just a moment and then it's not visible anymore as it continues to spin and then once it aims towards earth again it kind of blinks once more and then it's you can't see it anymore so why was it blinking light so if you think about so think about a a black hole in front of you okay it's a sphere and stuff is spinning around that sphere like kind of like saturn okay now as stuff kind of goes around it and makes a near approach to the black hole, it will destabilize an orbit and go either up or down. So it's going to be shot from the two poles of the black hole as a stream, as a jet. And if that jet aligns with you, you're going to see that jet because it's all coming in one direction. So it's going to show up as a blink. But if Saturn was wobbling, then that jet is going to be moving back and forth. So if you are at one point and that jet is moving back and forth, that jet can either hit the Earth, at which point we'll see it, or it will kind of hit somewhere that's not where the Earth is and then we won't see it because we're not there. So that blinking that we see is an object that is coming towards us. Yeah, it's light that made a near miss with the black hole and got funneled into one of its two axes. Uh-huh. either on top or the bottom. Like, again, if you're imagining Saturn with the the disc, like, horizontal. flat, horizontal and flat in front of you, so you don't, you don't see the back of it, you just see the two sides and the front kind of thing, the top and the bottom are going to be these two jets, um, and this is something called a pulsar, and it pulses because it's going to funnel a bunch of photons and higher energy things in one of those two directions. And as that wobbles back and forth, it's either going to aim at you or not. So it appears when it aims at you as a blink, and when it aims away as the the no longer blink. Mm-hmm. Now, does knowing that there's a black hole matter at all? Well, 
it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but in terms of scientific knowledge, it confirms that our models of the universe are so far accurate. Meaning if we got a picture and it showed something that we did not expect at all, then that means that our theories on black holes are completely wrong mm -hmm. or need severe adjustment. So that's what scientists actually look forward to the most. Like they don't want to confirm what they know. They want to they want to throw away what they know and need to think about a new solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, we've been doing such a great job that uh, one with the Higgs boson. Do you remember that whole thing at the at CERN? Uh, where they're trying to look for something called the Higgs boson. Mm. Um, well, we found exactly what we were looking for. So that confirms our ideas of particle physics. Like that means that so far we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And that's boring to scientists because that means that, well, like the guys from 40 years ago were right. Uh, we want to we wanna, like move on and come up with new stuff. Mm -hmm. So they need to come up with experiments that either prove or disprove the theories that we have yeah um so black holes are one such theory that like they should exist we know that something like them exists but we don't know exactly how they behave or what they look like and now we do and it looks like exactly what we thought they looked like <laughs> mm -hmm. so um yeah that's that's the the downside of uh this kind of science is because it doesn't really open any doors but in confirming what we do know, we can make more uh, focused observations and hypotheses for future science. Like we, we can say, okay, we know black holes behave like this. This is a known fact now. What can we extrapolate from that to go forward, right? So needs more thinking at this point rather than uh, observing. Mm -hmm. So then now that they confirm that there is a black hole in our galaxy mm -hmm. what are they going to do next so it seems what they want to do next is take a video of this black hole so one difficulty with our black hole versus the one that uh was in the galaxy m87 i think was the term that was thrown around um is that that black hole was 2000 times or 1500 times bigger than our black hole meaning it's much much larger and by it being much much larger um you can think of the size as being the size of our entire solar system. Like, as if the black hole took up the entire solar system. Pluto was within the black hole. You know, that, mm -hmm. something that big, if it was centered where the sun was. Whereas our black hole that's at the center of the Milky Way is only as big as the orbit of Mercury. So if you centered it where the sun was and just grew the sun until it ate Mercury, that would be how big the black hole at the center of the Milky Way is. So much smaller than the whole size of the solar system, especially when you consider like most images of the solar system show like a big sun and then all the planets orbiting. That's wildly inaccurate. Like the solar system, you see the sun, it's like a dot. And then you see the first planet is like a dot very far away. And then Earth is very, very far away from that. And then Pluto is like all the way in the other direction of the football field. Uh, and it's incomprehensibly large so we can't show that as a picture so we show everything much closer much bigger as a result but it is a much larger difference in size than most would assume so uh, if you think about stuff that's traveling around the black hole at near the speed of light if it's going around a black hole the size of our solar system it's going to take a few days for it to change visibly right 
So say you have like a cloud of stuff that's moving around the black hole. You can visualize it moving. Um, but if it's going around a black hole that's 1,500 times larger than the one at the center of our galaxy, it's going to move relatively slowly. Whereas if it's going around a much smaller black hole like the one we have, it's going to move very quickly. So the minute you take a picture, if you take another picture the next moment, it's going to look different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that uh, gives because a lot of... Because it's very active? or be- It's not because it's very it? active, it's because it's very small. So the time it takes for stuff to go around it is much faster. Okay. As simple as that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to t- it's going to take some challenges to be able to get better pictures, um, and, more instantaneous pictures. So and we when can take we a talk, video. and when we talk about pictures, we're not talking about like how we have a camera that we can just zoomed in and then take a picture of that, right? Like, how are you able to take a picture, or even in this case, make a video of something that is you can't see yeah so it's it's much more difficult um unlike a camera where you have a grid of pixels and you take a picture instantaneously you just like wait for the light to hit a whole bunch of little buckets one after one next to Uh, each other and then you have a picture yeah uh with uh with a radio telescope instead what you have is a bunch of radio dishes and these radio dishes they're not pixels uh per se uh but they are uh gathering data relative to specific position so as they angle back and forth you can imagine a a, a radio dish like a, a satellite dish mm-hmm. uh going back and forth wobbling right yeah um and that as it's moving back and forth it's collecting data and it's trying to collect data in a grid so it's going from the top left over to the top right and then going one row down left to right left to right left to right and it collects a whole grid of data um and as it approaches its target um, the target will have more radio waves coming towards us, so therefore it will be brighter. So you'll collect a pixel as it moves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But it's a, a single dish that's taking this image. It's not a grid of dishes. So just like uh, if you've ever seen uh, some pictures of like a propeller uh, from a, like a camera, you'll see that the propeller starts to warp and it doesn't look like a propeller that's just stationary. A propeller in a camera? Okay, uh, say you're looking at a plane, okay? And the plane has a propeller. Yeah. And you take a picture of the propeller. Yeah, it has the swoosh, like it's blurry. No, so I'm not talking about it's blurry. So it's crisp. But instead of seeing three propeller blades, kind of like the Mercedes logo, Uh uh, instead of seeing three propeller blades, you see two propeller blades that are like curved and then a third that's not even connected. So I'll show you afterwards. We can put a picture in the show notes. It's it's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, but this is because as the camera is taking a picture one row at a time, yeah. the propeller's moving, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the image it gets one row at a time changes from the time that it took the top row to the bottom row. And we have the same problem with our black hole is as you're taking your picture, as you're moving your telescope back and forth to build up that image the black hole is changing mm-hmm. significantly. So that is a problem because it makes it harder and harder to take an accurate picture. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's it's not an exact analogy to what the problems actually are um, because it's not just one radio telescope that's taking the picture. It's a whole bunch that are at the edge of the surface of the the Earth, basically, to take a picture that's as big as having a telescope that's as large as the Earth. That's what mm-hmm. we're trying to simulate. Um, and because of this, it makes it very hard to, uh, to take something that is 
as a whole, like one one whole picture. Uh, so you end up with uh, needing to collect a lot of data in order to get a single movie, which is difficult. Well, I'm assuming with all of these dishes that they have around the Earth, mm-hmm. taking the the one photo that we currently have, I'm assuming they kind of just need to continue that, right? And then just put all of those individual images together in a sequence, and that will be frames per second, no? Like, isn't that how it is? Well, think of it so this then way. then you just kind of play it all in order, and then you get a video. Think of it this way. If in the matter of an hour, the black hole changes significantly, uh-huh. and the Earth is spinning, you need to wait until the next nighttime to take your next frame. Yeah. Right? And if you needed to wait an entire nighttime, you missed all the frames in between. Okay. Does that make sense? You no longer have a video that's smooth where you see this cloud move to here, move to here. You just have this cloud is now over here, but it's also been pulled apart and who knows what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's completely incomprehensible. But but these dishes are constantly taking in radio waves, you said, mm-hmm. or sounds or whatever. It's constantly taking in this information. It's never stopping. So doesn't that mean you have a complete from beginning to an end like it never stops so don't you have a sequence of like movement well no because it is they are all taking a picture at the same point making that grid from top left to top right uh-huh. and then once they finish that might be the end of the evening and then you have to wait for the next evening to take the next one so you have to do it only what one time a day i don't know like, exactly like a, but you can like... imagine similar okay. problems does that make sense? Like it's you don't take an instantaneous picture. Say I want a picture, and then no, I, I know, want a picture. I know, I know. It takes a long time to build one image. No, I know. And as a result of that, it's hard to be able to take the next image right after the first one finished. So if we're... why not? If it's constantly just recording radio waves, why can't it just record, 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 and then you just take that data and you kind of just map it out? Because, as I said, it might be the end of the evening by the time you finish, or the Earth has moved so much that your telescope can no longer participate. Meaning, you're not longer, you're no longer facing where the black hole is, and mm-hmm. that's the, exactly okay. So I was like, it's not because there's the sun went down and you can't see anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 as this as the Earth spins. Uh-huh. Like yes, the sun comes into view, but also the black hole is no longer in view. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. Um, so then why not have this, the dishes on the other side as the Earth spin? Why not have it on the other side as well? So then you can collect <laughs> it from the other end. Those will probably be suggestions that the team would love to know that they didn't think about. <laughs> I'm sure they thought about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's and a I guess s- I guess money is an issue, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a cheap project. No, it's not a cheap project by any means. And it's not like. Uh, the governments around the world benefit from this knowledge. Yeah. It's humanity benefits uh, by getting a deeper understanding. Uh, one such example is lasers. Lasers ca- came about because we put effort into studying the effects of quantum mechanics. And therefore, we got the laser out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the laser led to CD players, and CD players led to worldwide music, and they had profound impacts on the world and it led to laser eye surgery (laughs) is that the same laser yeah it's the same laser um 
So, like, just that one study in science had downstream effects, mm-hmm. but you never really know what kind of downstream effects you're going to get by studying different things. Yeah. Um. So, it, it's tough. Like, when Einstein came up with, with the theory of relativity, we needed those calculations if we ever wanted to have GPS satellites. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, if he did not, if we did not have the equations of special relativity, we would not be able to maintain the satellites that are in orbit because they move so much faster than the things that are on the ground, and therefore they experience time dilation, time passing faster or slower than what we observe, and I'm therefore sure. the clocks would be wildly out of sync. I'm sure someone else would have come up with it, no? Yes, but we wouldn't necessarily have come up with the idea of using that in order to calculate the position of things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's all of that math kind of falls into itself and allows the thing to exist. It's not like people would have the idea, oh, let's put a satellite on in the sky and that would tell us where we are. Yeah. You know, you need to be able to know that, oh, we can calculate the speed of light and the speed of these radio waves going from a transmitter on the ground to determine the exact position of that transmitter um, and use that to calculate the position around the world. Mm-hmm. So it all it all kind of works together. Um, and it's not something that uh, you figure out afterwards. It's because we made these scientific advances that we were um, inspired to look into that as a solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's because of what was discovered in the la- in the past that allows more doors to be open in the exactly future. yeah so yeah there's no direct like impact that this would have um per se uh but because it was explored that means that we we had doors open to us that allowed to uh significantly like change how our fi- history would evolve right mm-hmm. and our understanding of science and and if this proves that what we've been thinking about the black hole is correct then it probably also means that our theories on other things out there is mm-hmm. probably correct as well right exactly like there are some ideas of how we can travel like within the universe at like time traveling not time travel but travel faster than the speed of light uh-huh. that would be a severe limitation to us exploring other things gathering resources things like that um and a lot of this has funneled into theories of how we can bypass those quote-unquote laws by bending space around us mm-hmm. and if we want to be able to bend space we better understand how space bends and in order to understand how space bends like, let's look at the thing that bends space the most, black holes. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Um, so I don't know if that will be the exact line of uh, changes that will lead to faster than light travel in the future, but it could. We don't know. Yeah. Right? Or maybe future experiments, once we have a movie of a black hole, it doesn't at all make sense, right? Instead mm-hmm. of having a cloud that moves just as we would think, oh, it's kind of like moving little by little around, it's orbiting. Uh, maybe it doesn't, and maybe it's very much more chaotic and much different, and we need a different theory that would explain it. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the time that would push for that theory to come forth, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think it's exciting and disappointing in, <laughs> in two ways. It's exciting because we get to see stuff we've never seen before, um, and it's disappointing because it doesn't really open any new doors specifically. Like well, it, I, I mean... 
it's not really. I mean, like the fact that we confirm that our knowledge and our theory is correct, that means that that is that door that just got opened. Like it's a little bit, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it's better than you finding all these and then you realize, oh, it's not it, and then you have to start over from scratch. Well, no, that would be the better outcome, ironically enough, and. In terms of science, like I think that well, a lot of people don't they really like understand. They like to be proven wrong. They like to be proven wrong because that means that uh, there's more to explore. Whereas when you're proven right, that means that a door, a whole bunch of doors, potentially just closed of alternative theories. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Um, but then and- that also means that you can just now move on to the next theory that exactly. you have. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the positive outlook. Um, as you can, you can move on. You do know what you can base your future assumptions on. Yeah. But uh, it's also just, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a mixed mixed emotion there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a similar mixed emotion when the Higgs boson was detected, and because it basically confirmed a lot of our views on uh, supersymmetry and subatomic particles. Like it said, oh, what we our assuming seems to be correct so far. We were hoping that it would be wildly wrong, so that way it would push forth a different theory that's much more exciting. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it was boring. <laughs> well, it means that the only way we can further confirm things is by spending a lot more money and a lot more resources. Yeah. And if all we ever do is confirm and we don't open new avenues that we didn't know, then that funding might eventually run out as mm-hmm. like the public gets bored. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because ultimately, this is all funded by the public. Um, Little by little, it's your tax dollars that contribute to scientific advances like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like an entire dollar. I'm talking about like the cents uh, for for actual studies like this uh, that get routed from the government to schools to uh, universities to these actual teams. Um, And in the grand scheme of things, it's it's all about bragging rights for who whose instrument was able to like pull it off um and that more than anything not too unlike the space race right being able to say we were first shows that you have the technological advancement capable necessary to be able to do that mm-hmm. so it's it's like pr for governments in a way um i don't know what they're using that pr for it's not like they're I using mean... it to attract people to come over because that's that's not what we do yeah but Well, that was cool and exciting. Mm. Mm. Looking forward to the next movie of a of a black hole, which will not be our black hole. It'll be the one that's far, far away, um, but is much easier to take a movie. Of. Oh, they're doing that one, not the not the one in the galaxy, not the one in our galaxy that they're doing video of. Yeah, so we can take a video of the one that's far, far away, like today. So that's something that they said by 2024. Because it's much simpler the data. and it's not like not changing as much. As much yeah. So therefore it's cons- it's okay. It's easier to take a video of oh. frame by frame over time. Over the period of months. So they said by 2024 they'll likely have the data collected. Mm-hmm. And then they can start processing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll take them more years from there to so actually put it together. So 10 years from now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and then if we want to take a video of our black hole we would need more accurate radio telescopes um that would be able to see at a finer resolution uh and that will give us a much nicer picture of a black hole kind of like hubble uh was able to give us these beautiful pictures of the sky that we weren't able to see up until now 
Mm-hmm. Um, the James Webb Observatory, which is almost finished coming online, is going to be able to take much more mesmerizing pictures of much deeper in the universe than we are able to observe with the Hubble. Uh-huh. So um, that, I think, is exciting. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.